Welcome, everybody, to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. It's so great to be here with you all. I have a very special guest, an amazing educator, and a person who has a really awesome career. He's an author of 10 books, and he has had so many different experiences in education. I can't wait to talk and dive in with him today. Jeff Zuhl, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to chat with you today. No, absolutely. We were getting a little carried away in the, the pre-show and, and I was like, maybe we should start recording some of this. So I'm <laughs> glad we hit record. I'm excited to dive in. We were talking about your career. We were talking about the, the new book, Start Right Now, that was written with, with Jimmy Casas, uh, and also the several other books that you've written with him. And also you've co-authored books with Todd Whitaker. Just an awesome resume. So talk a little bit about how you ended up at this place where an author of 10 books and now leading the profession that you're doing right now. Sure. Uh, thanks again, Brandon. You know, quick uh, bio on me, how it all started. I, I always wanted to be a teacher. And to be honest, part of the reason I, I hear so many people, they wanted to be a teacher because they were inspired by some great teacher. And to be honest, I was kind of a bad student and mostly because of my behavior, not because of my intellect, I don't think, but I did get terrible grades and was, was a terribly behaved uh, kid as a young kid and as a high school kid. So, and I always felt that I didn't really have that one teacher who inspired me. So, but I was inspired maybe, and this sounds kind of bad for negative reasons, right? I, I thought I could do a better job. I thought I could have fun. And that's become a mantra of mine my entire career. Why can't this be fun? And uh, so I always wanted to be a teacher because of that. I started teaching first grade, something unique about me. My first year, I, I taught first grade. And my 19th year and final year of teaching, I was teaching 12th grade. So I taught elementary, middle, and then high school. And I think that's helped me to see things at different levels and, and, and different areas. And, and then my administrative career kind of uh, mirrored that as well. I was a administrator at the high school level, then elementary, then middle school, and then central office. And and uh, as I think the books thing started when I was working on my doctorate, I know you've gone down that path yourself, but uh, I happened to run into uh, Todd Whitaker, uh, who I really, really respect and admire and like a lot. And I was just my first year as an AP, I went to go see him do a workshop and he, he resonated with me, both his common sense message and his personality. And we and we stayed in touch. And and I was an English teacher. You know, I always wanted to be a novelist and my novel writing was not very good, but I think I'm a good technical writer. So he encouraged me and I and I uh, wrote my first book in 2006 with his help and and getting uh, his publisher to look at it. And it was kind of successful. It was called Improving Your School One Week at a Time. And ever since that, I kind of caught the writing bug and, and, and always try to have some amount of writing going. I'm, I'm getting to the end now where I'm, I'm focusing more on other people's writing, Brandon. And, and Jimmy Casas and I have started a publishing company. We've published, oh gosh, almost 20 books now in the two years we've been doing that. But uh, I think I talked a little bit too long there about my biography, but that's a quick rundown of uh, my career. Right now, I'm mostly focusing on the publishing and, and still getting out to school speaking. Uh, I know in August it's a busy month to go out there and speak, and and but most importantly now when I get out, I love to go to schools and coach principals and get into classrooms with those principals I'm coaching and and kind of giving each other feedback on what we're seeing and 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 what could be validated and what could be uh, an area of focus. Yeah, absolutely. Talking a little bit about working with principals and 
there has been a lot of shift and a lot of changes in administration over the past year or two. And just seeing the amount of resilience and the amount of changes and uncertainty that these administrators and school directors have had to go through, I can only imagine the war stories that you're going through and that you're hearing. And I mean, you talk a little bit about Todd Whitaker's like common sense message. So what would be like your common sense message that you kind of see that resonates from all of those people and all those administrators you see that you work with? You know, I, I, one book I wrote with a, a, a colleague that I worked with, Anthony McConnell, was called The Principled Principle. And it was about having principles guiding what you do. And and we opened that book with a quote, Brandon, and I never could find the original source. It's sometimes hard with some of these quotes but it says something like, when you base your life on principles, most of your decisions are made before you even encounter them. And I think successful leaders uh, have core values and principles that they live their daily leadership lives by and through, and, and that helps them. It doesn't necessarily mean you know, that you're gonna be ready for every single situation. But I sometimes use the story of Sully, that, that pilot, right? He, he, he probably and he actually read a book about this, right? I don't think he ever anticipated that it was going to happen, but he was prepared for it. If it were to happen, what he would do. And, and so, and so, or, or Meg, Meg Joy or Meg Jay, I think did a Ted talk one time, the best time to prepare for your wedding is before you have one. And, and, and knowing what, uh, and that you can choose your family by some of the choices you make and, and how to prepare for that ahead of time. But I think that when we live our lives by core values, even when something terrible happens, we kind of know how to respond. I, when I retired from full-time administrative work, Brandon, for, for three years, I did interim principal jobs. And I remember the, the second one I did, I was actually the AP uh, for a maternity leave. And I hadn't been an assistant principal in a while. It was for an elementary school. And the first day was just so fun. And the teachers are great. And the kids are great. And and some teachers said, how was it? And I said, man, I was, I'm undefeated today. It was a great day. And I went home kind of happy. And and the second day, about 8 o'clock a.m., I went out to the bus line like I always do. And when I, when I walked into the office, I came across the most volatile situation of my 38 years in education. It was so crazy that at first I thought it was maybe some kind of a weird joke. But, uh, but there was a, a gentleman going absolutely bonkers in the office and, and using all kinds of crazy foul language and threatening. And, and so, so I walked in the office all happy from bus rider and I opened the door and for two seconds, I think there's a joke. And then, okay, now I realize this is crazy. And, and the principal was in there and other people, and there's some kids. And, and I remembered like, I don't know what to do right now, but I do know just some core things I always want to do when anything like this happens. And, and one, of course, was to um, if de-escalate, right? And and how can I de-escalate this? And and the second thing I really, really wanted to do was separate, right? And and isolate and try to get that gentleman in my office. So it's just the two of us. And no matter what he does, he's only doing it to me and not in front of kids and other people. So, but you know, again, there's things you can't anticipate, just like Sully in the in the airplane. But if you do have these principles and values in your head and your that they that you always live by. I think that helps when the unexpected happens. 
and it helps in a, being predictable can be kind of boring sometimes, but being predictable, some teachers kind of like predictability, meaning they know that Jeff's going to be this way today and this way tomorrow, and he's not going to be one way today and a different way tomorrow, one way with me and a different way with someone else. That consistency, I think, breeds trust and credibility. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we always have to rely on our values when we are pretty much making any decision because at the core of it should be really what's right for the, the greater good of the individuals, those students, you know, students first, right? And then when you're dealing from a staff perspective, the teachers first and and then trying to, to make the connections between has been really, um, you know, I think there's a lot to say about us being going through this. And now I think I imagine you're using a lot of the struggle that people have been through to help them kind of honor who they are for the future. Sure. Yeah. I, well, you know, we don't, uh, we don't get where we are by having an, uh, an easy road, uh, the whole way from start to finish. Um, uh, one of the pastors I went to his church for many, many years, he did a sermon on hard roads versus easy roads. And his whole point of this message was, Easy roads eventually become hard if we keep taking the easy road, but hard roads eventually become easy. And I, and I think we need to keep that in mind as teachers and as principals. Uh, let's keep let's let's recognize whether we like it or not that the hard road eventually become easy if we keep on doing that right thing with that kid who's really tough and really pushes our buttons. If we keep on that hard road of always doing the right thing and not take the easy road of maybe kicking them out or sending them to the office. And, and the same thing with principals and teachers. If we keep taking that that hard road, eventually people are going to come around and we're all going to be on the same same path. So easy roads sometimes become hard if we keep taking them. Hard roads become easy. If we and What I mean by that is if we keep doing the right thing. There's going to be a lot of dark days. Nobody gets through this without some struggle that you talk about. Uh, but if we keep on keeping on, eventually we'll see the the fruit of our labor, whether it's 20 years down the road sometime. Maybe that kid graduated in my class and and I he left my classroom and I thought he, he, he hated my guts. And then 20 years later on Facebook, he reaches out to me and said, boy, you really changed my life. And I, I thought, this guy, you know, I, and, and I, you know, I, 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 I'll be honest, I didn't like him. He was a troublemaker. I didn't hopefully show that to him, but I, I certainly never thought I was getting through to him. And here you go, Facebook message 20 years later, whatever it is. And and so eventually you'll you'll enjoy uh, the fruits of doing the right thing each and every day. Absolutely. And it's very difficult sometimes for educators in the face of all of it to know right now or to be certain that what they're doing is the right thing. And, and sometimes it's something you may say every day that resonates with a kid or it might be that amazing lesson or it might have been that high five in the hallway or that one day you were there to pick them up, whatever that was. But I think ultimately um at the end of the day it's it's kind of using those wins to to power us forward to be able to say we've made it this far we've learned a lot goes back to your point about kind of always being prepared because it's based on our principles well moving forward what are the principles that we value and and as you're working with educators and as you're you know you talk a little bit about your books start right now so how does that tie into some of the things you're saying 
Well, that, that book was one, not every book I write is like this, but, uh, or have written with other people, but that one did have four kind of core principles to it. And, and three of those came from a John Maxwell quote. Uh, so really the book is six chapters, an intro and a closing, and then the four core principles, which we call know the way, show the way, go the way and grow each day. And, and the subtitle of the book is teach and lead for excellence. So Todd, Jimmy and I wrote that book together and, and we were trying to write a book that we felt spoke to both people, teachers and principals, what they had in common that led them to be excellent at what they do. And, and I won't go into the whole detail now, but we, we said they, they know the way and we spent some good time talking about what that is. And it, it starts with knowing your why. That's the very first thing we write about in the know the way umbrella. The next one is show the way. And that starts with inspiring others to, to pursue a shared vision. So in a, in a way, the first one answers the question why, the next one answers the question what, and we give a bunch of examples of that. The third principle is, is, um, is go the way, and that one's all about modeling. And, and, I, and I think that kind of aligns with the question how. So we have why, what, and this one's how. How must we behave on a daily basis in order to fulfill our, our mission and achieve our vision? And then the last one is excellent educators grow each day. And, and that just simply saying one reason excellent educators are excellent is they never settle for the status quo. They keep trying to get better and better and better. And, uh, and that one kind of goes along with the questions, which steps and when. So the four umbrella principles, know, show, go, grow, we kind of align those with, with why, what, how, which steps and when. I love it. I've been writing copious amounts of notes, so I apologize for my pause. I, I think it's, uh, I love John Maxwell, first of all, that's a big fan of his work. Um, and finding what they have in common. I, I love the fact that sometimes when we run into these books, it's either for the administrator or it's for the teacher. And I love it when books put us on the same team and put us in the same room for a moment because the the leadership doesn't happen just in one individual property of that group it's it's a collective efficacy and it's a collective unit and i appreciate that yeah i think you know the thing i talk about most and jimmy too if i just one word is culture right you know i i just love talking about culture i'm fascinated by culture i love reading books about culture and i was a principal i was certainly i was an ap in different schools but i was a principal in two different states in georgia and then illinois and you, you hit the nail on the head. You said team, I think. And, and, and in Georgia, it was just kind of natural. Everybody knew I taught for 19 years. I was one of them. We were all there together. We were all there for the same purpose. You know, we were there for kids and teachers. You know, I, sure, kids are one, but teachers are 1A. And I think I had a lot of credibility as a 19-year veteran teacher. And the culture there was we were all in this together. It wasn't us against them, administrators against teachers, which is we were one team. I'm not saying I was revered by every teacher there, but they they knew that I worked hard and and and, and cared about teachers and teaching. And and then Brandon, I'll be honest, I moved to Illinois to be a principal in a middle school, also about the same size and everything. And I thought this is I'm gonna do this with one hand tied behind my back and blindfolded because I've done this and I'm and I'm good at it. I'm you know, and it was totally different my friend, it was just totally different. Um, I entered a school where, where they, it, what was in place was an us against them mentality that administrators were the bad guys and teachers, you know, and, and it was different. Wow. Are you hearing that thunder here? That was solid. 
that was uh, that was an unbelievable thunder right there. Came through to you, but uh, hopefully, uh, my house is still standing when we finish this. Listen, so. I've had people on the show before who've had to go into their basement because uh, there was a, uh, a tornado warning nearby. Yeah. So I'm, we're crazy. ready for anything. So it's all good. But I, I was just saying, in that other school, I I, I had to. I had to eat some humble pie. First of all, I thought this was going to be easy and it wasn't. And, and I, I wasn't successful necessarily in, in achieving the culture I achieved in the other school. And I don't know if it's a geographic thing or that community, but, uh, but it's, I do know this, we're not going to succeed to our fullest potential that you'd like to talk about if we don't have a culture in which we're all on the same team. So we've got to talk about that. We've got to discuss that. We've got to come to some shared values. We have to realize we're going to have some autonomy here and autonomy there, but there are these non-negotiables. And these are things that we're all, we've all agreed to. We didn't agree to them with unanimity, but we came to consensus because we're never going to get unanimity, Brandon, on anything. Uh, you know, even if I say we're going to have free ice cream every day, somebody's going to say, I don't like ice cream, right? So we're not going to get unanimity, but we've got to get consensus that even though Brandon might do this and Jeff might do this, that's okay. Brandon and Jeff are both doing these things. These are non-negotiables. And, and we're all on the same team with that once it's been decided. And so we have to have those open and honest conversations and then stick to what we say we're going to do. And do you believe that culture and how we go about shifting it, changing it, enhancing it, making it better, do you believe that it has changed because of the pandemic? Sure. I, I, I do. And again, so I haven't, although I haven't been a full-time administrator during the pandemic, I have done three or four interim administrative jobs during the pandemic. And Brandon, the first one, you know, they called me and they, you know, I was known in that area. And so they knew that I would do it. You know, it was, and they said, Hey, Jeff, can you come be a principal of this middle school for about six weeks? And we talked and I said, sure. I love, I love doing that. And it ended up being about 10 weeks, I think. But when I was on the phone with them, I said, now, because different schools were different, you know, during this part of the pandemic, I said, now are kids allowed to attend? They said, nope, no kids. And I said, okay. And I said, can, can I go into the office? They go, yeah, you actually have to. And I said, okay. And teachers? And she said, the teachers are al allowed to, but none of them do. And, uh, and I said, how about assistant principals? She said, you have two assistant principals and they'll, they'll be there every day. So I said, let me get this straight. There'll be me and two APs in a school with no teachers and no kids. And so once again, Brandon, I said to myself, I'm doing this with one hand tied behind my back and a blindfold. <laughs> and, uh, and all my administrative friends had said that being a principal was so much harder during the pandemic. And I didn't believe them until I did that job. And it was just having to do everything differently and having to do everything more than one time. Uh, it couldn't be one open house. We had to do three, you know, virtually. And it just everything was different. So, sure, it's changed. It's tougher. And even though we're back to 100% face-to-face in most places that I know of anyway, I just know those changes have left some uh, indentations on, on everyone involved. Is some positive? but a lot not so positive and uh it's a tough time still so i am uh, i don't know i'm looking forward to a time if it if it ever comes and teaching has never been easy and never will be easy i taught for 19 years it was never easy there was never a month of the year where i could uh take a break necessarily but uh, it is tougher today with all the stuff going on and, and i can only hope and pray that uh 
uh, things settle down and we get back to a, to a, maybe a new normal, but but a normal. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think, and I think overall, like there has been just major con- situations where we've been finding ourselves in these places where we're looking at what's going on and trying to say to ourselves, all right, this really is something that we need to focus on improving for the future. And if we focus on improving in the future on this thing together, then it's going to lead to something more valuable. But what's happening is I'm noticing that there's so many things that people have endured that have changed who we are going forward. And there's so much light that has been shed on these things for instance loss how much loss people have had in their lives not only the educators not only the adults in the room but also the kids and that part of it to me is just one of the many parts because then there's also the anxieties there's the safety situations and then there's the fact that the amount of time that kids are spending on screens has really changed the way that we have to operate ourselves as a culture, as a staff, but also as a culture, as a school community. And I think those leave those indentations you're talking about and those impressions, because those are the new waves that we kind of have to ride towards the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, when I was uh, in Georgia, I was in Gwinnett County, Georgia, for a while, and I think Gwinnett County is the fourth largest school district in the country. It has, I think, 300,000 students. And uh, I was in Forsyth County, Georgia, my last years in Georgia as a principal, and it was the fastest growing county in the country for like 10 years in a row. And and we had these core values for, from the district level, and, and, and one of them was change creates opportunity because everything was changing in Forsyth County constantly because of our growth you know we built two three four schools every summer and but that mantra of ours you know at first i just saw it as one of our things on the wall but i thought you know i like that change creates opportunity so with every change you know the the way we react to that change and respond to that change and and frankly see that as a embrace it as an opportunity for getting better so we've had some difficult times right now we're still in the middle of them i think but out of all of this can come some really uh, strong positives. Yeah. And talking about that, one thing I forgot to tell you about when we do this on the show is we dedicate the show to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. And as you're talking about these people who are looking at challenges as opportunities for growth, you know, those are, that's what brings this part of the show to this point where I think it's important for you to kind of just, Shout out somebody who's out there crushing it. You know, uh, Brandon, thank you for this opportunity. Normally, I would shout out to a classroom teacher because I was a classroom teacher for 19 years. I was an administrator for 19, worked hard in both roles, but but I still believe that teachers are our most important resource in this, you know, outside of kids, of course, but our most important resource to help kids are the classroom teachers. But I'm going to not nominate a, a teacher today as we speak. Uh, you know, you and I and everybody in the country is all aware of the shooting that occurred in Highland Park, Illinois, over the 4th of July. And that was the school district where I was a principal in Illinois that I was talking to you about earlier. I I lived in Lake Forest where that uh, crazy human being was apprehended, uh, the neighboring town, and I was a principal in Highland Park. And the superintendent of schools there uh, right now in North Shore School District 112 is a good friend of mine. 
and he's going through a lot of stuff right now in that community. And he is somebody who has always unlocked potential. And I know that firsthand because he took a chance on me and unlocked a lot of potential within me. And he does it with everybody he meets. He's an awesome guy. He's always upbeat. He's always there for you whenever you need a helping hand. And his name is Dr. Mike Lubefeld. Uh, he's a superintendent in Highland Park, Illinois, going through some tough times right now. But if anybody can lead people through a tough time, it's Mike Lubefeld. I'd like to dedicate the show to Mike. You know, he is and a good I, man. I think he's a good guy. Good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to him. And hopefully he is embracing, you know, those challenges in front of him and trying to make some sense and, and kind of keep his community pointed towards the right direction because that is there nobody wishes that situation upon anybody. So shout out to Mike and keep going out there, out there to all you're doing to all those people. Thank you so much. Um, that was great, Jeff. And then, so just kind of wrapping back and kind of looking back through my notes, I, you know, and I'm talking about just all of the great things you've done from teacher all the way through and, you kind of found yourself in this place of spreading your wings into the things that you really, really wanted to do. I know a lot of people who listen to this show, a lot of people are people that want, that are in that entrepreneur space, that entrepreneur space, that way going from what they, you know, the school and all the amazing experience they've had as an educator and taking that and kind of being able to share that so we can continue to rise by lifting others. So. What was that like for you? Yeah, you know, just listening to you right there, Brand, I, I was thinking, you know, we almost take it for granted now. You use the term entrepreneurs, right? And and all the people like you, you know, out there just doing uh, side hustles and uh, and turning this into meaningful work, and and maybe you know that that benefit benefits you as well, right? But benefits the community first and foremost. And I take it for granted now. But when I taught for 19 years, and that was a while ago, right? My, even though I did it for 19 years, my last year I think was 2000 or 2000, no 2002, my last year of teaching. Um, that wasn't a thing. So this is a this is a new thing. That's a good thing, right? That teachers are being empowered to. To go do their do their thing in addition to their their teaching uh, during the day. But for me, I think it started with social media. Twitter now is sort of second nature to a lot of us. But but when I got on Twitter, I think that was just blossoming as a as a thing for educators to get onto to connect with other educators. And I know that's what started me on the path to doing things outside of my day job. Uh, and then you know I quickly connect with people like Jimmy Casas. And, uh, and to, to this day, he's my brother, you know, I love the man and I hope he feels the same about me. We we're pretty close friends. We've done a lot of work together. I met the guy on Twitter. People see us together say, oh, you guys grow up together probably or live together, you know, and now I met him on Twitter in 2000, 2012. So it's been a while now, but not, not a lifetime. And, and that's how all that started for me, this other thing where, you know, you get to the point in life where you can do some of the coaching and writing and speaking that is is fun for you to do and also hopefully adds value to those with whom you're working. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing just kind of going through the pandemic and someone myself who wasn't really using social media much until the pandemic and such a change for me to be able to connect with other people and to know that I wasn't alone 
in all the crazy shifts that were happening every single day at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, that led me down an entire circle of using social media as a chance to lift others. Because as you know, as the craziness was happening and all the things were going on, there was so much negativity and so many things that were out there about what was happening in all of the crazy stories. And I just really wanted to kind of help educators keep going and and just hopefully with you know any post that i would have would be to to lift others and i think i think that that's important to to be mindful of as we go into those spaces is you know there is so much support that we can offer each other mm -hmm. absolutely well listen jeff this has been awesome but one thing we do on this show as well is i ask everybody to finish this sentence unlocking unlimited potential means unlocking unlimited potential means um I, you know it's about believing in others especially brandon some of those who don't believe in themselves and we have to keep believing in others uh each and every day to unlock their potential some kids if we have the relationship piece with them they'll do it for you if not for themselves, and then eventually they'll do it for themselves. But I think when we just keep believing, we can't just, just tell them, we have to show them. So what are our words and actions that show that we believe in them? Keep keep going. I, I, when I was a principal, one mantra we had every morning on the morning announcements was, uh, the work we're doing is important. You can do it. I will not give up on you. And I think those are three critical messages we can share with our kids each and every day. This is important work. You can do it. I'm not going to give up on you. Even if you give up on yourself, I'm just not going to give up. I believe in you. So I think it's believing in people, especially those who don't believe in themselves. That's an awesome message to share. I appreciate that. So what's next for you, Jeff? What's on your plate for the summer? You know, I'm doing a lot of book work, meaning I'm uh, editing and getting some books ready for publication. We've got one, uh, uh, coming out uh, a little bit different of a book coming out from uh, Dr. Zach uh, Bauermaster in a couple of weeks. So uh, editing and publishing some books. And then in August, uh, it's kind of a popular time to be out speaking a little bit because of some opening day ceremonies. And uh, so I'll be out in Los Angeles and Michigan and Chicago, I think, uh, in the month of August, speaking to teachers and leaders. So looking forward to that. Awesome. Zach is also a future show guest. So we're just running down the list together. This, this is great. This is great. Well, shout out to you and all the great things you're doing over there. That is Connect ED. Did I say that right? Connect Ed. ConnectEd.org is the website. ConnectEd.org. Yeah. Awesome. And so people can, can reach out to you guys there and connect with you and see all the amazing things that are coming from you all. I really appreciate you uh, joining me, Jeff. And so I thank you for the time today. I know that you're super busy and you got a lot of great things happening. So I can't wait to see all the great things continue to come from your end. Thank you so much, Brandon. I appreciate it. It's really an honor to be on your show. I, I appreciate you reaching out and thank you for, for hanging with me. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, just remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. Continue to educate with passion.